Coming up on today's show, Sophie Guedelin's $22,000 coaching program, Tammy Hembro denies throwing shade at her ex, and Sarah's day's beach house plans. Hello and welcome to Outspoken. It's your dose of the hottest influencer and pop culture news twice a week. I'm Kate Torber, and I feel like I need to put out an official apology. So on <laughs> Friday, we discussed Kim and Kourtney Kardashian's feud over their weddings, and we ended up getting a lot of feedback. And it wasn't about whether people were on Team Kim or Team Courtney. <laughs> it all had to do with how we pronounced, now I've got to be careful, Dolce and Cabana. No, you did <laughs> no, it again. Oh it's Gabbana. See, see, when you guys were talking about this topic, I thought you were saying it wrong, but I was too scared to interject. Well, yeah, well, there were a few arguments in between recording of the episode. <laughs> and when people are tense, no one wants to pick on what someone said. I even thought it sounded like I was saying Cabana at one point too. And I was like, is that just the brand's name? I got really hungry during it because as everyone said, Cabana is like a type of meat, a type of sausage that you usually have in a cheese platter. So I think we were just vibing that it was the weekend soon. We were going to kick back with a cheese platter. But I don't think anyone's actually said it correctly. And I think the anger, from listeners stem from the fact that we were talking about people mispronouncing Taylor <laughs> Lautner slash Lautner's name. Yeah, it was pretty funny because I had a laugh over the weekend because Sarah's day has also been mispronouncing a word wrong. And it's quite embarrassing because it's the name of a skincare brand that she's worked with for four years. So the revelation came to her attention when a follower commented on a sponsored video asking for clarification on how the brand's name is pronounced. Let's throw to what she said. Not only have I been using the products for four years or something, but I am friends with the girls who work there. Like I'm, I've had lunch with them. They are so beautiful. And I've been saying Esme. I've been saying Esme. I've been telling you guys, like I love Esme Skin Minerals. Was someone going to tell me it's Esme? It's pretty funny because she ended up posting a poll asking her followers how they think the brand should be pronounced. So it's almost came across as passive aggressive, like, no, I'm still right about I, it. I thought those stories were pretty funny. I am a little bit surprised that Sarah has opened up about her relationship with the brand and the fact that they're friends. If you have that level of friendship with someone, why didn't someone just say, hey, babe, you've been pronouncing well, it wrong? Because it's awkward. Well, we obviously record ads for the podcast. And when we work with brands, if there is a name that is difficult to pronounce, it will be like phonetically spelled out. Or if you misrecord it, they will not approve it. So I'm, un- I don't understand how this has passed Esme's a- approval again, process. Clearly, we're not being sponsored by Dolce and Gabbana because no. that would have been a total shit show. When we had all the comments flooding through, it was really funny because I was like, oh, I can't believe people are so offended by that. Anyway, like... Last night I was listening to a podcast and it was with the creator of the Udi and the guy who was interviewing him kept saying Udi. And now you created the Udi and the guy kept, I think it's Davey Fogarty. He was like, yeah, I created the Udi and he kept going with well, saying Udi. That's what I think maybe the Esme girls were doing at lunch. They might've been like Esme and Sarah's day is just like not picking up or not listening to them. I swear I could blink and someone would be like, that is Morse code directed at this person for whatever reason. From a Positano balcony, Tammy Hembro has addressed the rumors that she was throwing shade at Matt Paul's new girlfriend. Now, for those who missed it, last week, Matt Paul hard launched his girlfriend, Maddie Woodward. Following the news, Tammy shared a video of her and her sister, Ava, miming to a song about seeing your ex with a new woman. So what did Tammy have to say about all the controversy? Well, Tammy doesn't actually normally address stuff like this. So it was quite a big move that she said anything at all. 
But she said that she wanted to put out a PSA so that people are clear about it. I also noticed that she's deleted the offending TikTok video Mm. too. Now, she denied that the video was throwing shade and she explained that months ago she had sent her sister the viral ABBA song and that they said that they planned to mime to it when they got to Italy. And this has been a viral TikTok that has been going around for quite some time now. Let's throw to more of what she said. As per usual, everything I post, like people think it's directed at someone, it's shade at someone, or it's some hidden secret meaning behind it. No. To me, TikTok's just TikTok. I, you'll never, ever, I can assure you, you will never see me like posting something directed at someone or being shady. That is just not, not who I am. That's not, I'm too focused on my own life to even be aware of what's going on in other people's lives, let alone, like, look at this view. Look at where I am. Anyway, I just, like, let's all just be friends. This isn't, nothing needs to be that serious. Um, like, one person was like, oh, it's okay, you'll find love one day again. That, <laughs> thank you, but that's not what I was getting at, and nor was I throwing shade at anybody. I promise you that. It is interesting that she's actually come out and addressed this. I find it funny that she didn't actually say Matt's name and says, oh, that I'm talking about someone. We all know who that someone is. Do you guys believe what Tammy's saying? Well, firstly, I think that the reason that she has come out and addressed it is because her young daughter, Posey, is involved. I mean, this is the father of her child. She needs to have a good relationship with him. I think that they were planning on doing this viral TikTok video, but I think that they probably purposely planned to release it or it was convenient timing to release it because they probably got a lot of extra engagement and they could almost put out a message without putting out a message. See, I disagree. I actually think it was just a complete fuck up, basically. Really? I I 100% do because why would you want all the negative comments? It's not like people have been going, oh, good on Tammy. There's been a lot of trolls who've come out and have attacked Tammy over it. I think that's a little bit earnest because she said, I'm too focused on my own life to be aware of what's going on in other people's lives. But this is the father of your child who you share custody with. Yes, Posey is in Europe with Tammy at the moment. So you would think that her and Matt would be communicating a lot. But do you think it's got to the point where everyone's just reading into everything and it became a big thing because people in the comments made it a big thing and everyone got talking and I just don't understand Yeah, but the lyrics are literally throwing shade at seeing your ex out with a new young partner. Matt Paul's girlfriend is 21. He's like at 35. There's a large age gap between them. Also, Tammy did say that she blinks and people read into it. So she was clearly aware that putting out something like that around that timing was going to generate some headlines. And the fact that she deleted it as well. Like I sometimes feel like if someone doesn't address something, you're like, oh, maybe there's no legs in it. But when they actually come out and unusually address it and then delete it, I feel like something's gone down between her and Matt. From from some of the DMs that we've been receiving, I feel like there is a lot more to this story and a lot more that's going to come out about this relationship. People must be like, Hilary Duff makes her children listen to her. <laughs> Honestly, but then there's moments where I'm like, this is a damn bop. Can you guys believe that Hilary Duff's single, So Yesterday, turned 20 last week? That is just crazy. That makes me feel so old because we had the DVD and it had the making of the film clip. And I remember we used to watch her film clips on repeat and then Mm. you kind of watch a little bit of the making of it. 
I just remember all the outfits in the video, like everything's bigger in Texas. Yeah, and, the, and the denim skirt and everything. Yeah, it was pretty funny because the account Betches posted about the anniversary on Instagram and they shared a clip from the music video and wrote, Hilary Duff So Yesterday came out 20 years ago and will be wearing a mini jean skirt, studded belt and slingback heels in honor. <laughs> now, Hilary reposted the video on her Instagram story and she followed up by sharing a photo And it appears that she took this photo at a shop and it was a collection of studded belts on display for sale. (laughs) And she wrote, how in God's name are these back? And she added the face palm emoji. Doesn't that just show the cycle of fashion? I mean, the fact that that was in 20 years ago, it's back again. It blew my mind that it was 20 years ago because you forget how young Hilary Duff actually was. Like the fact that she was what, like 16 16 doing that film clip. I feel like everyone forgets how big Hilary Duff was in the 2000s because she was the big thing before Miley Cyrus and I feel like Miley Cyrus has almost eclipsed Hilary Duff's fame and I came across this TikTok of Clayton Snyder now he played Ethan Craft on Lizzie McGuire with Hilary Duff and he was interviewed on this podcast and he spoke about how his mum had invited Hilary <laughs> Duff to his school dance can you imagine Lizzie McGuire and Ethan Craft <laughs> in the early 2000s rocking up to your school dance? How wild would that be? Oh, my gosh. She would have absolutely been swarmed by people. Yeah, well, that's what e- – I was going to say that's what Ethan said, but that's what Clayton said. So he said that his mum was hoping it would be this positive, normal experience for Hillary, but she ended up getting swamped. And then these cool guys would try and come up on the dance floor and be like, <laughs> would you like to dance? He said he doesn't think Hillary had a good time at all. Was the interview on Jake Thomas's podcast? Because Jake Thomas is Matt McGuire, Lizzie's brother. And he has started this insane podcast where he just brings on all the characters from Lizzie McGuire and dishes all the secrets from the behind the scenes. No, it was actually a different podcast, but I'm interested in hearing that I love all these nostalgic podcasts coming back in, going through the behind mm. the scenes of these 90s and early 2000s show. Did you see that Hillary's daughter Banks, apparently she loves the Metamorphosis CD. Yeah. And she always <laughs> says to Hillary, oh, can we play it in the car? So she said it's so embarrassing. She'll be like cruising into school, blaring <laughs> her own music. That is so funny. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a great album. It's funny because she was like, actually, I mean, I thought, oh, these are a bit lame. And then I got into them like, wow, these are bangers. <laughs> <laughs> you know Clayton Snyder he's actually on cameo oh really yeah and I saw that I think it's about $50 to get a message from him and it was just it blew my mind because he was so mature and his wife's in some of the videos and I thought who the hell is paying though yeah. to get messages and he's like I played Ethan Kraft in Lizzie McGuire like that's the start of all of his messages I'm Sophie Gwendolyn the bod founder and Reebok ambassador Sophie Gwidlin is the latest influencer to shock her followers by the cost of her online courses. Now, the fitness influencer has sold online courses before, but this time it's a bit different. She is now offering one-on-one coaching and mentorship programs. The catch is, though, that the most expensive course will set you back $22,000. Gosh, that is so ridiculously expensive. I mean, everyone's been going on about Georgie Stevenson's course. They're like fucking nothing compared to this. Well, it's definitely making Kurt Till's course sound quite, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cheap. A so, Kate, what do you actually get for $22,000? Well, I think it's this whole one-on-one element with Sophie that you're getting, but it appears that she does it over Zoom. So I don't really know how beneficial that will be to people. Like if I was paying $22,000, I'd expect to do it in person. Yeah, but that doesn't surprise me because if she only did 
did it in person, she'd close herself off to those who live in her state. So who are these courses promoted to? Well, according to Sophie, the courses are suitable for empowered women who are ready to make a change and step into their next direction. And on the website, it says that the mentoring will suit business owners, home parents, procrastinators, and can help in areas of weight loss, limiting beliefs, timeline therapy, as well as releasing negative emotions. Apparently, the coaching will give women crystal clear direction in life. Look, I'm not against people actually seeking out mentoring and sometimes you do actually have to put money in you know say as business owners to actually inspire you and and there are some courses that are worthwhile however $22,000 you'd want to be making sure you were getting return on investment for this yeah and when I found out more about how you actually become certified in this area I'm thinking well I wonder how much the seven-day modular course costs because wouldn't you just do the course that the universities yeah. Are these just tax deductions for people who run businesses? Is this what's happening now? I can't really imagine someone going to their business <laughs> and being like, this fitness influencer runs this $22,000 course. Can we do it? She's obviously not aiming for the masses. I mean, having prices as high as $22,000 for a course, she's obviously only needs, you know, a handful of people to sign up to make it worthwhile. If you're that successful that you're willing to spend $22,000 on meeting up with someone three times, do you really need to do the course? Yeah, I don't know who actually has money in this cost of living crisis to afford something like this. And I would love to know if anyone's actually done it and see what they got from it. It's clearly the very elite and people who already are successful in business. I actually don't think it's the elite Mm. that's doing this course. I think it screams at someone who is a big fan of hers that wants to be one-on-one with her. And she's, I mean, to be honest, I would really highly doubt that many people would be signing up to this at all. Hi Penny, did you get the message? Yeah, such a pity they cancelled. No, 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 no. The message about helping us out in economy. Piss off. It feels like every influencer and celebrity is currently experiencing a Euro summer. And I'm really loving the fact that some influencers have been opening up about their random celebrity encounters whilst they've been abroad. And the first one I wanted to talk about is Cartier Milan running into Kris Jenner in Capri. How do you run into Kris Jenner? Because surely (laughs) she has a massive security team with her. Well, that's what I was wondering because Cartier said that she was walking down the street near the shops, of course, and she physically bumped into Kris Jenner. Now, it wasn't just the shops, though. These were designer shops. Mm. And she said that she immediately said sorry, looked up, and realized it was Kris Jenner. And as you said, I just was so shocked that she didn't appear to have any security guards around her. She seemed to be roaming the streets relatively on her own. Now, when Cartier then met up with her friend, she discovered that her friend had also just met Kris Jenner. But this friend asked for a photo and proudly showed the camera the selfie. Now, that friend is Ashton Wood and she co-hosts Common Chaos with Cartier. Yeah, well, she was definitely very excited about it because apparently she watches the Kardashians every night. Now, Cartier explained that, you know, whilst her co-host wasn't playing it very cool, Cartier apparently doesn't generally fangirl over people, but Kris Jenner is the exception because in her friendship group, everyone says that Cartier is just like Kris Jenner. So she wasn't satisfied with just bumping into her. So she said that she had to go and find her and say hello. And they spotted that Kris Jenner was in Gucci. Of all places. Not in your Dolce and Cabana or Gabbana or whatever, however you pronounced it last week. No, no, she wasn't in Dolce and Gabbana. Now, they did go into the store and pretend to try on bags. Not very subtle. (laughs) Let's throw to what Cartier said. We're trying on a bag and then she goes, she's walking out of the store and she goes, 
that's cute. And then goes a bit further and goes, I would buy that if I was you. <laughs> to me! To me! <laughs> okay, this bitch watches the Kardashians every fucking night of her life. Like, every night. Like, I, I don't really watch I watch it on repeat. Repeat. I just love KJ. I am KJ. She is a boss. That's, I literally say my goal in life is to be Christian. Yeah, she Anyways, come to Capri. Best day ever. Come to Capri and meet your idols. I love how Kris Jenner commented on the bag because she's been a celebrity for years. She would know those girls had gone in there to stalk her. Oh, 100%. You would be so aware as a celebrity that you'd suddenly see the same random people popping up everywhere where you were. I do like that she was nice to them, though, because some celebrities would go the extreme and be really rude. Mm. Don't you think these sort of stories highlight the difference between influencers and celebrities? Mm. Like, it actually highlights, I suppose, what nobodies some influencers are. I mean, someone like Cartier Milan, she has such a big following but she wouldn't even be on Kris Jenner's radar. I do love that she had to reiterate, though, that she doesn't usually fangirl people or she's not usually starstruck. It's probably because she has recently been dating that quite famous Chelsea soccer oh, yeah. player. Another random celebrity encounter is Molly May and Beyonce. Now, Molly was staying at a London hotel for her birthday that Tommy organized and they went all out. So he organized this massive suite that was across two floors. And Molly said when they arrived, they noticed that there was this absurd amount of security. So they thought, who is staying next to us? The fact that they noticed there was additional security is a big thing because Back when they were robbed, they ended up getting extra security on board. So I assume they would travel probably with quite a bit of security in themselves. Yeah, but like, fuck, we booked too many security guards this trip. Yeah. Now, Molly really didn't play it cool. So when she found out that it was Beyonce staying there, she kept loitering around the door, just hoping to run into Wasn't her in the hallway. Wasn't she like looking in the peephole? Well, yeah. So she <laughs> said that basically she was standing in the doorway and she heard this commotion that they were leaving their hotel room and basically the security came out and told her, get back into your room. They don't want to see anyone. They don't want to <sighs> speak to anyone. Please get inside. So Molly's like, oh, that's fine. And went back inside. And Tommy said to her, why are you embarrassing us here? And so she said she couldn't help it. So she quickly looked through the little peephole and she's like, they were this close to me. I saw Beyonce, Jay-Z, Blue Ivy. I said, if I just opened the door, I could have touched them. I wonder if they knew that it was Molly and Tommy staying next to them. Like, they, would they have any idea oh, who the they way, were? There's a Love Island couple that are staying next door. Can you imagine if this was you and it was Taylor Swift? Because I would just walk out. I'm sorry. I wouldn't care about the security. I think Taylor is such a nice person that she'd be like, hey. I just do love the fact, though, that Molly is a celebrity herself and she would have to deal with people reacting this way about her. But even all that she knows about that, she still chooses to act in that way. And that's why I love her. Can you imagine the people on the other side, like the other suite? Yeah. They're like, oh my God, like Molly May staying here. <laughs> like, that's like you, Sophie, just trying to loiter oh, outside. I wouldn't give a fuck that it was Beyonce. I'd be like, Molly May. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to address the elephant in the room. Sarah's day has opened up about her plans for her new holiday house four months after buying land by the New South Wales coast. So a number of influencer watchdog accounts have speculated that the property is located in Woomera in New South Wales and that the land set the couple back $3.2 million. Now you're saying land, but there is actually a house on this land, but apparently it wasn't up to scratch for Kurt and Sarah. I think they described it as a dump or like a garbage. It was being advertised as land because I think that the house was pretty derelict. Oh no, they called it garbage. They're like, oh, the house is garbage. 
But remember they said that their house that they're currently in was shit as yeah. well? And it was just like needed nothing done. Now, can I point out that this is just speculation. It's not confirmed that the land costs $3.2 million, but it looks like it could be on yeah. the money. I remember back in March, Sarah copped a lot of backlash because she promoted this as a life-changing announcement. It was so odd because normally when an influencer promotes something as life-changing, mm. it's usually like they're pregnant or they're getting married mm. or some sort of oh. like big milestone. But, oh, we're so happy for you in this cost of living crisis that you're buying a mansion, oh. a holiday house. It was complete clickbait. Now, at the time, Sarah said that the holiday house would be used for photo shoots. So she made it sound like it would be part of her business house of Groms and also that they would use it as a holiday house. I feel like she's backtracking on that business side of things, though, in this recent announcement. Yeah, so she said that she has been inundated with questions about the property. So she wanted to explain what it will actually be used for. She said it will primarily be used as a family holiday house. And she explained that they're hoping to build it so that there's enough room for all of her nieces and nephews to stay in. So it sounds like it's going to be absolutely massive. She also said that she would like to design the house so that it could be booked out for photo shoots and weddings. And she said that the land is so large that they think that they could have some ceremonies there. So it just... It puts into perspective how large this property must be. Yeah, she also mentioned that they might possibly rent it out as an Airbnb. I wonder how that would go. I know we've had other influencers do Airbnbs in Bali, Mm. but I feel like if I was Sarah and this is, you know, my family holiday home that I'm having all my nieces and nephews stay at, I wouldn't want to open it up to the general public. Yeah, particularly when she's had issues surrounding her privacy before. It sounds like they have a very high tech security team at home. They sort of get up in arms if anyone invades their privacy, rightly so. So it is kind of confusing. I don't think that she would want fans to be staying there, but she did say in her video, who knows, maybe one of you will stay at my holiday house. And I think that's because she's trying to almost share it with everyone because she knows that it comes across as incredibly privileged and unrelatable. Well, the address is going to get out pretty quickly if she is actually listing it as an Airbnb and they might find that if they're down there for a shoot or they're promoting the fact they're on a family holiday, they're going to get a lot of people outside their Mm. house. I do wonder how Sarah's followers felt because she was also outlining the fact that she was meeting with her architect and also her designer. Now she is using the same designer, Maddie, who's from Studio Albus. And whilst I think a lot of people do follow her for aspirational content, it is just so unrelatable at the moment. Well, she started off by saying she dressed up in an architecture theme. like an, <laughs> It was just literally like black pants and a black t-shirt. I saw some of the photos that she's sharing on Pinterest of her mood board of this place. And it looks like a Spanish villa. Like it's oh. insane. And it wasn't even prefacing like, oh, this is the vibe. But, it, oh, you know, it's not going to look like this at all. Like she dead set yeah. wants it to look like this. I, it's going yeah. to cost a lot of money. And I think the thing that gets my nose out of joint is that I don't think she approaches it in the right way because a lot of influencers will say, or, you know, big time influencers will say, without you guys, I Mm. couldn't have achieved this, but I don't really think that there's much thanking of her community. And the other thing that I found really odd is all throughout it, she kept saying, we won at the auction. We didn't expect to win. It's like, you didn't win. You paid a fuck ton of money for some expensive property. Yeah, it's yes, not like you, a lotto. I mean, you earned the money. It's your own money. Kudos to you for, for earning it. But like, you didn't win it. Just I've got a different point of view because Dale and I were looking for so long for our house and 
I felt like we won the auction, even though we had to pay the bill. It was like, oh my God, like finally we've got one. I so kind of think that's, that's a bad headspace to be around property though. But I also think that she was almost phrasing it as they won to sort of downplay the fact that they spent a lot of money on it. Mm. More so to say, I mean, some people might've thought, oh wow, did they actually win a house? Like, you know, yeah. there's lots of these auction, you know, these home lotteries. Home lotteries. Yeah, I've never really heard someone say I won an auction. They won Mitch Orville's home lottery yeah. that he was doing. <laughs> it's quite interesting because for years they spoke about buying farmland, but now Sarah said that they've had this epiphany that they're happier by the coast. Well, I think that's all we've got time for. Before we sign off though, I just wanted to flag, it is Outspoken's fourth birthday today. How crazy is that? As if it's been four years. I can't believe four years ago we dropped the first episode. Now I say we, (laughs) but I actually wasn't involved in that episode. You were a bit MIA, Kate. You didn't really jump on board the podcast probably until six months in. It used to just be Amy and I on the cover artwork. I know. Does this mean Soph and I can go out and celebrate then and maybe in six months we'll take you on (laughs) I was still involved, but I was working at the 36s and had no spare time. It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild because it's actually Amy and my six-year anniversary for our business, Hula Media. So I think this week we've got to go and treat ourselves to a nice dinner out because i feel like a lot of the time you let these nice yeah. milestones go by without celebrating we them. also need a special four balloon as well i feel like the listeners also need some kind of reward because they've been having to listen to this for four well, years maybe our partners as well <laughs> oh, that's a bit harsh i think though I, I wonder if anyone is still listening from the start we should put a thread up in the facebook group and ask when people started listening thank you to the ogs that have been with us for four years it's absolutely incredible a shout out to rodney i feel like he is the the biggest OG out yes. of everyone. Besides yes. our mother. Yes. Thank you, Rodney. <laughs> I think you have been there for all four years. And don't forget to tune in on Wednesday because we will be dropping our latest subscriber episode. If you do want to sign up, all the details are in the show notes below. And the best bit is if you have got an Android phone, you can actually listen on Patreon. So it's available on Patreon and Apple. Now, this episode was recorded on the traditional land of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains. We pay respect to elders past and present.